You're invited to I Am The Cute One, the most chaotic school dance in the podcast universe. Let's spike the punch, grind to Usher, and recap some of the cutest movies that made our millennial minds explode. Hello, I am Donnie, and I am the cute one. And I am Chelsea, and I am the cute one. But we are here with the cutest one of all. That is our returning guest, Joseph Shepard. (laughs) Hi. Hi. I am so excited to be here and talk about this movie that I've never watched in my life until you asked me. And I have very, very big feelings about it. Well, I'm glad you do. And it's so crazy to me to run into someone who just watched it for the first time. Chelsea has recently just watched it for the first time as well. And that just blows my mind because I used to do my homework to this movie every single day in high school. I used to jerk off to this movie. I used to watch it at sleepovers. Like, this movie is my formative years. So... I'm excited to see it through your eyes. So two things. If you're just (laughs) joining and you don't know what movie Donnie's obsessed with, it's Cruel Intentions. (laughs) And also, Joseph, like, I'm so happy to see your cute little face again and to have you back. But part of me is like... What is wrong with you for coming back to this like absolute No, this circus. was so much fun the last time. I literally was just like felt like I was just having a conversation and it was just like this energy. But then, you know, we just learned it. Donnie yes. and I have the same birthday and I think that that's what it is. Yeah, you were here to celebrate the end Donnie of Donnie Appreciation, Appreciation Month. Month and then we find out it's also Joseph Appreciation Month this whole time as well. So I'm sorry I was stealing all the credit. We were talking <laughs> offline and I really do think I'm drawn to like these Pisces, Aries, cusp people, my husband, my podcast husband, and now mm-hmm. you, Joseph, like all of the men in my life, just Pisces. Oh my goodness. I feel sorry for you. <laughs> yeah, I don't know why she does it to herself. I mean, I'm a Gemini, so it's kind of like, you know, you win some, you lose some, because I'm crazy as fuck too. <laughs> yeah, people always ask me what it means to be on the cusp of Pisces and Aries. And I was like, read the traits of both, and I'm the worst from each. <laughs> yes, <laughs> yes, yes. That is so true. <laughs> So Donnie Appreciation Month is not officially over, but we are on the back half of the month. So whether Chelsea believes it or not, I am pretty, like, cool and collected once my actual birthday passes. Mm -hmm. Like, once March 21st hits, it's still very much my birthday month. (laughs) But I acknowledge (laughs) that it is Aries season, so I pass the energy onto my air babies and let them do their thing, unless their thing is not paying attention to me. (laughs) Then then they're quickly reminded that they have to wait until April 1st. Calm, cool, and collected. That's what I always call you, Donnie. (laughs) Oh, got me wheezing already. We're not even five minutes in. Like we said, we are here to talk about Cruel Intentions. So let me set the scene for you a little bit. Cruel Intentions was released March 5th, 1999. It was a Friday. So we are just two years from the movie's 25th anniversary. So Chelsea, I hope that you know that means we'll be covering this again in two years. (laughs) I'll put it on my calendar. (laughs) You should watch it backwards next time. Oh, okay. Like Memento. Yeah, Yeah, so he rises from the dead and then (laughs) becomes a terrible person. The reverse Jesus story. (laughs) (laughs) So the number one song in the United States on March 5th, 1999 was Angel of Mine by Monica. 
But overseas, to our uh, friends across the pond in the UK, Hit Me Baby One More Time was the number one song. Yeah, so just great bops on the radio. Mm -hmm. And at the movie theater, Analyze This was number one at the box office, with The Other Sister, October Sky, and Shakespeare in Love also appearing in the top ten. I've never seen any of those. (gasps) Really? Yeah. Me either. Oh my god, Chelsea either? Oh my god. What's happening? (laughs) (laughs) Also in big news, Posh Spice gave birth to her first child, Brooklyn Beckham, on March 5th, 1999. Oh. Yeah. What's weird about him is that so many people for the longest time were waiting for him to turn 18 so they could say nasty things about him. That's and it's like That's the same thing that happened to like Mary Kate and Ashley. The countdown clock. Ugh, gross. gross. It's so gross. Very gross. So I guess this is a good time. Were you guys Spice Girls people? <laughs> On that note, this is when every episode we talk about something dark really quick and then try to turn it around. So this <laughs> is it, the countdown clock. But were you guys Spice Girls people? Okay, I'm just going to assume you were. So rate your Spice Girls obsession on a scale of one to living in your very own Okay, spice so world. number one, I don't think you were looking at Joseph's face during that because I don't know if he was. I was like a 4.7 out of 5. Oh, I had the five. pencils. I had the Barbies. I watched Spice World. I was like all about it. And when we played Spice Girls, I was like the diva who actually got my mm. way because I feel like it's like – which Spice Girl are you? And then which Spice Girl did you want to be mm-hmm. when you would play Wannabe? See what I did there? Oh, I actually <laughs> didn't this time. Good But one. <laughs> I wanted to be Baby and I played Baby. Like nobody else could be Baby Spice but me. Wow. I thought you would have, you know, chose to be the one wearing track pants. <laughs> that wouldn't have been a costume. I like to cosplay, mm-hmm. you know? Okay, I get it. Now, Joseph, I didn't see your face when I asked that question, so walk me through that. So when I was younger, my mom was very strict when it came down to like what I consumed. I didn't listen to the radio until I was in the third grade. So the first song I ever heard, I believe, was I Try by Macy Gray. What a first song. Yeah. Wow. And so I remember the Spice Girls very, very distinctly because it was, I believe it was the first or second grade. And I was in the playground and I couldn't play on the playground because I was allergic to the grass and the trees. So I had to sit on the asphalt (laughs) and there were like... All these girls, and it was the drama because I guess that's when Jerry oh. was going through it, and it was all the rumors, and they were like, no, the Spice Girls are going to be forever. And I was like, what's a Spice Girl? <laughs> that was my first introduction. So oh, I wow. didn't see anything or really hear anything. The only song I really knew was Wannabe. So yeah, I hear Stop or those other songs. I'm like, wow, this is new. Wow. And I remember this the last time you came on that you have like a very large pop culture mm-hmm. blind spot because of your childhood too. And Donnie and I actually figured this out recently because I never spent the night for a sleepover. I like missed out on all these movies. It's so interesting when I hear other people that like, now are immersed in pop culture that have these giant blind spots where like if stop came on you're not like losing your fucking mind like the rest of us it's so funny and my pop culture blind spot besides sports obviously (laughs) is i think music from my high school years through college years because those like eight years of my life, I was so addicted to Broadway that I would only listen to like the Rent album on a shuffle and not take in any new music. Wow. So when you two were entering the world finally, I was shutting myself off. 
like a hermit. <laughs> now, Donnie, which Spice Girl did you identify as? Good question. I mean, Ginger was always my favorite, but I think there was no way I would have been allowed to like play Spice Girls ever. Yeah. Barbies was pushing it. <laughs> so, <laughs> so for me to like stand around with my sister and say like, girl power, I never did that. So I never tried to identify. But Ginger was my favorite. Interesting. A ginger gal. <laughs> yeah. All right. Yeah, that's me. <laughs> All right. We've talked enough here, especially because I'm just forcing Joseph to say things like, pick a spice. I don't care if it's paprika. <laughs> we'll continue this conversation over at the dip.com in the community section. I want to know what choreography you have memorized, how many times you saw Spice World in theaters, what Spice merch you owned. And if you don't know about the community feature on the dip.com, consider it a new live journal. That's what Chelsea and I use it as, at least. <laughs> the dip did not ask us to treat it as such, but it is our diary now. It really is. When we talk about our childhood trauma, we relive the best TGIF lineups, and I ask if I should buy weird t-shirts on Etsy, which you said yes, it is coming in the mail. Thank you. So it's a great way to join the conversation, connect with your favorite content creators, and express yourself. So head over to thedip.com, that is dip with two Ps, and use the code GUAC for a yearly membership for only $6. I have a question. You you yeah. just said 90s, and I want to open this community tab right now. Just Ooh. a question for you, Donnie. How was it meeting Caroline Ray? Because she was my absolute hero. I still love her to this day. I used to stay up till like 1 a.m. to watch uh, the Caroline Ray show because it only uh, came on in repeats on <laughs> a certain station. Yes. Oh my God. It was so great. Truly 90s con. Each person I met got nicer and nicer. And it was so crazy because like in the beginning, I met the Family Matters cast first and they were very sweet. And then like I worked my way up and met like Melissa Joan Hart and Nev Campbell towards the end. And I was like, these women don't have to be this nice. And they are. And then the last person I met before I went home was Caroline Ray. And she was the sweetest. She talked to us for like seven minutes. My husband's a stand up comedian. She gave him advice. She like talked to him about where he should perform and stuff. Just so sweet. Did you watch LOL on Amazon Prime? The Lindsay Lohan movie? <laughs> no! <laughs> it's it's a TV show that just came out and they basically put like 10 comedians in a confined space and they cannot laugh. It's called Last One Laughing. <gasps> and so Caroline oh. Ray is on it with a lot of Canadian comedians. So it's actually really funny because they try to go as long as they can without laughing. If they laugh, they don't win. They get kicked out. It's really cool. Oh, that sounds good. No, clearly me asking about the Lindsay Lohan movie. <laughs> I did not watch it. She told me I have to watch it, though. So now that I have two people telling me that, I will. You're like, when she told me to watch her show, I said no. But now that Joseph has recommended it. I love that everybody was so kind to you. I felt like you were like living your best oh, life. I literally there. cried when I met Nev Campbell. I'm like, oh God, I couldn't even button this up for a little bit. So I've been talking a lot. So let's go through some trivia really quick so you two can finally speak. So this movie was written and directed by Roger Cumble, who 
adapted it from the French novel Les Liaisons Dangerous. That was three years of French, folks. Cruel Intentions was his first directing credit, but he went on to direct The Sweetest Thing, Just Friends, College Road Trip, starring Raven Simone, and a lot of TV episodes, including five episodes of Pretty Little Liars. Wow. Yeah. So right on my alley. I feel like I've already told this story, so I'm not going to retell it, but The Sweetest Thing fully scarred my mother. Because she rented it for like a sleepover and the whole like, too big to fit in here, too big to fit in here. It was like her and a bunch of middle school girls. And she was like, I have made a grave mistake. Oh, and she watched it with you? Yes. I had a very similar experience, but it was with Scary Movie. And my Uh, dad was in there. And when the scene came through where it was the glory hole and the penis went through the head, my dad was like, Oh, my goodness. So, yes, I feel you on that. I know that feeling. (laughs) Where it's like, none of us are enjoying this experience right now. Oh, my God. (laughs) My mom took me and my friends to see Not Another Teen Movie in theaters. And there's, like, one character that literally just walks around naked the entire (laughs) movie. That's where it started off with the vibrator, too, right? Mm, Yep, that would be the one. (laughs) Great start. (laughs) Yeah, I blocked that from my head. (laughs) So... The studio wanted Katie Holmes to play Annette, but the director didn't think she had enough strength to play the role, which we just talked about teaching Mrs. Single recently. (laughs) So he really wanted Reese Witherspoon, who was Ryan Phillippe's girlfriend at the time. So the director and Ryan took her out to dinner and got her drunk and he begged her to do it. And she said, yeah. Yeah, I know. See what you get when you ask people things. That's the power of positive thinking. And the last bit of trivia I have before we get into the movie is it was originally titled Cruel Inventions, but test audiences thought it was about robots. So <laughs> it was quickly changed. Yeah, that's a very bad name. Cruel Intentions is way better. Yeah. I love that, though. I think that there should be, you know, different versions. We should have different <laughs> posters. I- I'm down for Cruel Inventions. <laughs> I'll whip up some fan art. It's just a scientist that makes really mean things. <laughs> so we've reached the part of the show where we make you, Joseph, tell us the plot of this movie in one minute or less. <laughs> so we're going to set the timer to one minute and you have it from here. Okay, so the movie starts out and Ryan Felipe is like, oh my gosh, I'm so sexy, but he's talking to a therapist. The therapy that's happening for some reason is happening like in a mall because he leaves <laughs> and then there's escalators and then... He apparently took pictures of the therapist's daughter, which you figure out, and he put those online, and her boobs are out, and that's very bad. And it's crazy to think about. It's 1999, and it's the internet, and boobs are out. You know, think about it now. Only fans. Basically, long story <laughs> short, there is some sexual tension between stepbrother and stepsister. There's some racism that happens from the lady who, I still don't know her name, but she was in The Grinch, and she had a Whoville nose. And then, Ryan Felipe keeps trying to push people to have sexual relations with him, and he does such a bad job that he ends up getting run over by a taxi. (laughs) I mean, yeah, I think you did it. And I also never thought about his therapist's office. Like, where in New York was that supposed to be? It was very bizarre. Like, she, like, looks down as she figures out the thing from her daughter. It's clear glass and, like, looking down. And then it's, like, a mall. And I'm like, what is going on? They were just hanging out in the food court. 
<laughs> so Chelsea, I know you have, well, you did recently see this movie for the first time when I forced you to. Yeah. My experience, Joseph, of watching this movie is Donnie came to town with two DVDs. He came <laughs> to visit me and he was like, we're watching Cruel Intentions and we're watching Teaching Mrs. Tingle. And you know that feeling where you like feel like someone's staring at you? Like you get like the prickles on the back of your neck. Well, imagine that. And then imagine turning your head and it's just Donnie. <laughs> Donnie watching you watch the movie to make sure that you have like the appropriate reactions. No, no. (laughs) Well, I'd like to tell you, you passed. I mean, I had very big reactions to this movie because I don't know what I was expecting, but it was not this. I agree with you there. (laughs) I'll ask you later what you were expecting. (laughs) There is a part in my notes for that because I did like, even though this is so ingrained in me, Watching this again today, I did say, like, I can't imagine watching this for the first time. We'll have to dive in. Yeah. <laughs> so the movie begins with Sebastian Valmont in a session with his therapist, like you said, Joseph, and we find out quickly that he is a piece of shit. He's fueled by sex, but not just because he's a horn dog, but because he's a privileged sociopath who uses sex as a weapon and a bargaining device. So this scene where Tara Reed calls her mom to reveal that Sebastian has like seduced her to put her naked pictures online, <laughs> it like made my stomach fall into my butt because there is nothing worse than having to call your parents to admit to them that you have like totally fucked up and Mm. i know you're gonna find this hard to believe donnie but i have had to make that phone call many times in my life but one really sticks out to me and this involves if you guys remember the katie maloney episode where i told a story about a hand job in a basement This story involves Susie. The name has been changed. But we went to a University of Maryland football game when we were like juniors or seniors in high school. And for whatever reason, our parents, I guess, were like letting us test our limits. They let us drive to University of Maryland. They knew we were going to be like getting drunk with frat boys as 16-year-olds. I don't know. Very inconsistent parenting across the board for our parents. But Susie drank too much and ghosted us, like disappeared. And she was the one who drove us there. And so we start naturally like freaking out. We're looking for her. We're alone on campus as high schoolers. We're drunk. It's a football game. There's so many people. We go back to where we parked and her car is gone. And we're like, holy (laughs) shit, did she drive drunk home? Like what is happening? So I was like, all right, I think we have to call our parents. Like Susie is just like fully missing. So we call our parents, all the parents roll up like they're like a SWAT team. So we see this tow truck keep coming around and we're like, hey, did you tow this silver Toyota? He's like, yeah, I towed that. And so we're like, okay, good. She didn't drive drunk. So then we get it in our head. We're like, what if she like came back and passed out in this car and it got towed? So we go to the lot and she's not in her car. So we're like, all right, so she's not there. All of a sudden, the guy comes back after towing another car and from the other side of the fence is a shoeless Susie holding on to the chain links looking out and he's like what the fuck and she had gotten towed in her car then had gotten in there gotten confused stumbled out gotten to a different car so when he went and checked to see if there was like a drunk 16 year old in the Toyota she wasn't because she had gotten out and had gotten into a different car so like luckily my parents had the rule where it was like If you call us, you won't be in trouble because we want you to be safe. Uh, But driving home, my parents were like, so like, 
this is fucking ridiculous though, right? Like we can kind of rein it back a bit. And I was like, yeah, maybe I'll take a couple weekends off. Oh, wow. Off. A couple. Couple, just a couple, you know? Well, I don't have any stories that compare to that. I mean, neither do I. That's Susie's story. Shout out to you, Susie. <laughs> Joseph, do you? Mm, no, I think the only time that I remember like calling a parent in any type of way was that I had my first kiss and I was so excited about it. I don't know why. I kissed a girl. I don't know. Like, And so I was backing my car up. I was 16 at the time out of her driveway. And I ran into her mailbox. Like, oh, I was so happy. No. But I was on the phone with my dad. And I was like, I just... Boom. And then I, like, fucked up my dad's car. So that, that's been the only time. I think it's been crazy. And then you never kissed a girl again. Actually, that is true. <laughs> Back to the movie really quick, if we must... Sebastian is awful. And I don't know why, like, rich, privileged piece of shit living in New York is a genre that is so widely loved. Like, Gossip Girl, Real Housewives mm-hmm. of New York City, this. I know there's plenty more. I just don't know why we root for these, like, devils living in New York. <laughs> We find out Sebastian's stepsister, Catherine, is a devil of a woman. And in the first of many convoluted schemes, she's befriended Cecile Caldwell, a new student at their prep school. She's a weird, naive girl that is currently dating Catherine's ex. And she wants Sebastian to corrupt Cecile so that she becomes the premier tramp of the tri-state area and ruins her ex's reputation in the process. Like, this plan is crazy. (laughs) I know Catherine says, like, I don't want it to get back to me if an attack was made on court. But you have money. Hire someone to kill this man. (laughs) I I guess that's crazy, too. But, like, like all of this is nuts. At some point, it's just meddling for meddling's sake. Yeah. If you need graphs and stuff to explain how your plan connects, I would say maybe take out a few steps. Yeah, well, I think she needs to stop hitting the old cross necklace, if you know what I'm saying. I also want to say, so in the sweepstakes swag bag, when Donnie and I were looking on Etsy, they do have... (laughs) replicas of this necklace (laughs) they've labeled them as ear cleaners to like you know just scoop out the earwax and donnie did say that no we should not be putting that in the swag bag so you can say (laughs) fuck you to donnie because i thought it was a brilliant idea well no here's the reason why i would have fixed it where i won if that was in the (laughs) swag bag because i could not let a cruel intentions cross Coke necklace. Um, ear cleaner. Oh, pardon me. An ear cleaner. <laughs> so close in my grasp and not take it. The dip would be like, you were, <laughs> you were refunded for this. I thought you bought it. I'd be like, it never showed up. Never showed up. <laughs> then I'd be posing with it in church. <laughs> Did you know that, um, according to the interwebs, Reese Witherspoon won the Blockbuster Entertainment Award for favorite supporting actress for this role? Wow. The Blockbuster Awards. Who knew they were a thing? (laughs) I didn't. I wonder where they aired. In Blockbusters. Yeah, probably on those TVs. (laughs) So Sebastian is not coked out of his mind like his sister is. So he is not interested in this plan and instead wants to have sex with Reese Witherspoon, Annette, the new headmaster's daughter, who... I've watched this movie literally hundreds of times and couldn't tell you why she's staying with his aunt in upstate New York. Like, I <laughs> I don't know. This movie is a mess. I mean, you said it, not us. <laughs> so, she's publicly announced her plan to stay a virgin until marriage in Seventeen magazine. So naturally, because he's a monster, he wants to break her down and be the one to take her virginity. 
just mm. just a devil. But I used to be so jealous of the people who had their life stories published in Seventeen magazine. I know I didn't have good stories about, you know, like anything like this, because I certainly wasn't saving myself until marriage. <laughs> so I wasn't going to be featured in Seventeen magazine about that. But I even used to submit like the I shit my pants in public story. And they never picked me for those either. Did you shit your uh, pants in public? Often. <laughs> In middle school, I used to pee my pants every single day. (laughs) Only in, like, eighth grade, I think. Oh, only in eighth grade, he says. Did you wear anything to help this? I should have. I should have wore diapers, but... No, I only wore dark jeans, so that when I did it... Because here's the thing. They wouldn't let you... Go to your locker in eighth period. You could only bring books for one class. You couldn't bring your book back to class with you. So, Chelsea, I'm talking. Okay. Chelsea Chelsea keeps trying to make sense of this, and I will get there eventually. So, in eighth period, I always wanted to go to my locker and get my books ready so that I could just leave right from eighth period to make the bus. And the teacher said, no, we're not going to give you a hall pass during eighth period. School's almost over. And I said, but I need to use the restroom. She said, school's almost over. So at the end of the day, I didn't have time to use the bathroom and go to my locker. So I had to choose my locker where my homework was. Oh, so I my pissed myself. God. <laughs> In hindsight, when I told my husband this recently, he was like, you probably could have told your mom and got a note specially for you. But like, I don't want to disrupt the flow of anything. <laughs> There are so many things you could have done besides continue to pee your pants every day of eighth grade. And then did you just sit in your piss on the bus ride home every day? Most of the time, you know how you have to go the worst when you're like almost there. So most of the time the piss started once I was already off the bus coming home. So I would be like running. Why didn't you pee in the bush? You have a penis, Donnie. Do you know what I would do with a penis? I'd be peeing everywhere. Also, this is very reminiscent of Seventh Heaven when that teacher was eating Ruthie's sandwich every day. Why didn't you like report this teacher? If you're peeing your pants, a conversation could be had that's like, hey, I continue to urinate on myself because you're not letting me go to the bathroom. Can you please fix this? I think it's Pisces mentality. A water sign. Would you have not done it either? I mean, if pissing yourself wasn't what we're talking about. But, like, you don't want to disrupt anything, Correct, right? correct. Yeah. yeah. Okay. <laughs> but if it involved pissing, I think I would have to say something. Yeah, I do understand there's yeah, a Yeah, this Gemini is checking out of the conversation both personalities are (laughs) both of them because my one personality would just like ask politely hey can you make me not pee myself and my other personality would go and like piss on that teacher's desk and be like well you wouldn't let me go wow (laughs) you presented that like me and joseph were not going to have follow-up questions yeah it's like it was normal like did everybody in your school do it (laughs) Nope, sure didn't. Um, yeah, Chelsea, you're right. Because in my notes, I always like color code how long the story is going to be, how much time is being dedicated. And this was a like say and skim over it part. Sure was. So you wrote in your notes, I used to pee my pants pee. every day. No, I said I'm jealous of people in Seventeen magazine. <laughs> and it turned into this. Yeah. <laughs> Like what you're hearing? Head to patreon.com slash I am the cute one for more. 
There you can find uncut, unedited, and unhinged video and audio footage of current episodes. That's patreon.com slash I am the cute one. See you there. Well, back to the movie. Upon researching this, I did realize they actually used the real Seventeen magazine that Jennifer Love Hewitt was on the cover of in 1999. She was promoting um, the movie that they all were in. I know what you did last time, Matt? Yes. Oh, my God. Yeah. That's fun. Yeah. What a fun little Easter egg. Yeah. Oh. Thank you for doing research, Joseph, because you know we barely do. <laughs> I so. certainly did not. <laughs> So Catherine doesn't believe he'll be able to sleep with Annette. So they make a bet. If Catherine wins, she gets Sebastian's car. And if Sebastian wins, his stepsister will have sex with him and he can put it anywhere. (laughs) So Joseph and Chelsea, walk me through your thoughts when you realized step-siblings possibly having butt sex (laughs) was the plot of this movie. Um... I can understand the appeal because there are pornographies that, especially gay ones, that love diving into brothers and father and stepson and all this stuff. So I can understand it. But when it's two children that are under 18 and their step siblings and one wants to fuck the, I'm just confused. When I first watched this movie, I wasn't really sure what it was going to be about. Well, <laughs> I probably thought it was about witches because I think every movie is about witches because I'm just hoping and asking and praying because I just love movies about witches. But I should have known there was a bet because it's a 90s movie and like no wonder millennials have problems with addiction and gambling <laughs> because every single movie from our childhood involved a bet of some kind. So that tracks but the bet to be like you either win butt sex or a car it's like (laughs) all right i guess good stakes either way maybe i don't know that's a game show i need to be on (laughs) (laughs) butt sex or car (laughs) i don't have a license so you know what one i'd want So Catherine learns that Cecile has a thing for her music teacher, Ronald. So she puts that into her back pocket for later when she'll need it for another convoluted plan. But she also discovers that she's going away with court for Labor Day weekend. So she decides to begin her corruption. When Cecile informs her that she's nervous because she's never even been to first base, Catherine offers to teach her how to kiss. And in case your new eyes watching this didn't pick up on the fact that this is the most iconic movie kiss of all time, like the string of spit, Buffy kissing another girl. And don't let me be the one to tell you, it won Best Kiss at the 2000 MTV Movie Awards, but then in 2020, it won Greatest Mm. of All Time Movie Kisses at the MTV Greatest of All Time Special. This was definitely before the Madonna, Britney, Christina kiss, but that was like what was reminiscent for me. And maybe it's just because there were so few like actual tongue kissing of women in the 90s and early aughts, but... It is iconic. Yeah, I watched sure. their speech from the 2020 MTV Movie Awards Greatest Fall Time special, and Selma Blair said, yeah, it was a hot kiss, but like it also, so many teenagers discovered things about themselves because mm-hmm. of this kiss. Maybe if I had watched this movie in 1999, it wouldn't have taken me 
until I was 30 years old to realize I'm bisexual. Honestly. Did you come out after my visit or before? Because if this movie <laughs> it was made before. you come out. It was okay, before, okay. but could you imagine if you go home and I'm like, by the way, Donnie, I think I have some things to explore. <laughs> if your sexual awakening happened, this movie gave me mine, so I would be very happy if it gave you yours. I would be a little uncomfortable that we watched it together, but at least I would take some credit. You full-on told me before we watched the movie that you used to just like jerk off all the time to it so (laughs) potato potato honestly yeah i did and then when we would watch it at sleepovers i would like tell them ahead of time can i have a pillow to put on my lap (laughs) because i will get hard watching this or you may pee yourself (laughs) 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 oh my god rude (laughs) but true true where did you guys learn to kiss Not for like the first time ever necessarily, but did you ever have any kind of tutoring lesson? No, I didn't. So circles become circles because at sleepovers, before I went home, of course, I used to like practice with some of my friends who like at the time I'm like, oh, we're just practicing. And now I'm like, oh, no, I'm queer. (laughs) I didn't know that girls had kissing parties and guys have jerk off parties. Like, wow. See, now I didn't have a lot of guy friends, so I didn't go to the jerk off parties, unfortunately. I went to a New Year's birthday party in the eighth grade, and it was for my friend, um, we will call him Matt. And he was so excited for his birthday, but his parents just upgraded their cable and they had the Playboy channel. So um, he went through it. And then, as you know, you just said bets. We made a dare for this one kid to jerk off and come and run downstairs nude in front of his mom he did it <gasps> craziest thing ever but that's that's my remembrance of um jerk was that parties. the end of the sleepover like when someone does that that's the natural stopping point right like she called other parents no 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 she just gave it a side eye he came back upstairs and then everybody decided to compare dicks so oh wow was she a mom of boys like was she a boy mom that had all yeah. boys yeah that was nothing she hadn't seen before. No, and she was the coolest person ever. There was a time we had a moon project, and we all had to make this, like, board. She called five of us over. She was huh. like, you're going to go see a movie today. She made all of our boards for us. <gasps> Incredible. Mom of the year. Didn't tattle yeah. when some boy just whipped out his dick and is just doing projects. <laughs> Good for her. Yeah. <laughs> wow, I love that. <laughs> when I started dating boys, like they would break up with me very quickly after our first kiss. And I was like, I'm the problem. I'm the problem. So then I asked my friend who was in choir to after one rehearsal to drive me home. And then I was like, boys always break up with me when I kiss. Can you kiss me and then give me pointers? So she did. Right outside my house. She drove me home. We parked for like a half hour. We made half out. Half hour? Then, like, after, yeah. I had a lot of work to do, apparently. <laughs> So then after every kiss, she's like, okay, more tongue, less tongue. And God bless her. Wow. She's still one of my best friends. Do you think about that every time you kiss your husband? Do you like, (laughs) okay, more tongue, less tongue? Uh, Well, now I've just become an old pro with anything involving my mouth. (laughs) So then there's like another convoluted plan where Sebastian blackmails a closeted gay boy into finding out who wrote in that letters to stay away from him. And when they find out it is Cecile's mother writing this 16-year-old girl letters to not have sex, he agrees to help Catherine with her convoluted plan. And again, 
Sebastian is just unredeemable. But my VHS did used to skip at this scene of him interrupting Joshua Jackson <laughs> and Greg McConnell. I'm happy for you. One of many scenes it skipped. It also skipped when Sarah Michelle Gellar gave him the hand job and says, down boy. Did your parents <laughs> purposely mess this up? No, that means I watched it so many times when I jerked off that it stopped working. <laughs> I do love the image of Johnny's mom, like, taking, like, a knife and, like, messing it up. That's going to be canon in my mind the next time you inevitably tell me this fact, because this is not the first time I've heard this fun little tidbit. So now that's canon. I'm like, thank you, Donnie's mom, for just saving us all. Yeah, like with a penny, just scratching (laughs) that. This episode is the most filthy episode we've ever put out, which I think is only fair given it's the grand finale of donnie appreciation month (laughs) and the movie like what are we supposed to do with this movie talk about if we ever had a picnic in central park i don't think so (laughs) sebastian begins his seduction when he and annette go swimming which he overplays so then she like brushes him off and she's like no thank you and we can get into the plot again quickly but i really wanted to bring up this scene so we can talk about ryan Phillippe's butt (laughs) on brand since you just said this is the most horny episode we've had and i'm like let's talk about his asshole (laughs) so uh, it's just perfect i think Was it a stunt double? Because you don't see his face on the full body turnaround. How old was he at the time? Hold on. I need to see Old enough. He was like 22. (laughs) Joseph's like, I want to see if legally I can weigh in on this conversation. (laughs) (laughs) No, yeah, you could. They were all over 18. So anything that you thought, you're allowed to think of. Okay, so Donnie, I'm so sorry. I'm going to keep it brief because I know that this is not what you signed up for on the last day of Donnie Appreciation Month. However, I know that our cuties aren't a bunch of straight men, but in case just one is listening, I just want to offer a PSA. Stop surprising women with wieners. Mm. No woman wants to see a dick without being prepared especially a flaccid one like do not send unsolicited dick pics don't surprise us by standing naked near a pool just like don't be an asshole show a baseline level of respect and don't tell me to smile and like let's start from there but also i just want to make it clear if you send us a dick pic we will be sharing it with our friends And the craziest dick pic adjacent picture I got, because it wasn't to me, it was to my friend. My friend got sent a dick pic with a man, but he had photoshopped little tiny kittens all around his penis. So it looked like they were just like pawing at the tip. Oh, I still think about what that man's thought process was. I mean, my friend does love kittens, but no. Jesus. Just no. I had it up until I think my last phone. Like it made the transfer every time because like the ring, it's like once I told the story, I had seven days. So if I had told you this story and I still had it in my phone, I'd be like, and you'll be receiving a DM after this. Thank Incredible. you. Incredible. But also disgusting. <laughs> but yeah, you absolutely have a point that dick pics are meant to be shared between friends because even like when it is not unsolicited, like my husband was always meant to be a booty call in the beginning so when i got his dick pic i shared it with friends so then at our wedding i was like oh my god everyone has seen your penis (laughs) everybody here except my mom and that's only because she crossed it off when she was (laughs) 
in my VHS collection. Um, it was his butt. He said, I felt okay with showing my butt. Everybody has a butt. It's really not that graphic. So many guys on Twitter have been like, that's the moment I knew I was gay. And there have been guys like, I behaved like Sebastian to get laid, which I never did. <laughs> wow. Joseph, where do you find information? Just so Chelsea and I can start doing research like this uh, for our own podcast. This. I'm not. <laughs> <laughs> do you just Google these questions? Is that how the internet works? Well, as these topics are coming up, you said, who's his butt? So I was like, was that really Ryan Felipe's butt? So just get an wow. answer. Yeah. Then how do you spell it? G-O-O-G-O-E? <laughs> Catherine informed Cecile's racist mother about the relationship brewing between Cecile and Ronald. So when her mother puts a stop to the relationship, Catherine and Sebastian are the only ones Cecile can turn to. Okay. This is where her plan gets too (laughs) convoluted to follow because wouldn't Cecile banging her music teacher be a good thing? Like ultimately, if Catherine's goal is to break up Cecile and her boyfriend, then like, why is it bad that she's hooking up with her music teacher? Why couldn't she just like drop an anonymous note to her ex-boyfriend being like, hey, your girlfriend's cheating on you. But they like break them up and then get them back together. And again, it's like, at some point, it's just meddling to meddle. And I expect more from our evil queen. Yeah, yeah. I do think at this point, Cecile hasn't been corrupted yet. So like, I think her just having feelings for someone else would just leave court to break up with her. But like, they want to have her be a woman of the night (laughs) behind court's back, I think. Okay. It wouldn't have been my plan. I already suggested murder. (laughs) (laughs) But Sebastian agrees with you because he asked Catherine if she's sure she wants to do this, which leads to, and I've been throwing this word around, but... When it works, it works. The most iconic monologue of this movie. So iconic, in fact, that I performed it as part of my final for one of my theater classes in college because we had to audition for, like, real people. Like, there was, like, a Broadway person. There was a head of a theater department at some theater school, whatever. And we had to audition for them doing two monologues. And one of them, I chose to do Sarah Michelle Gellar's monologue from this movie. And then afterwards, my teacher said, like, Don't do that again. (laughs) If you're auditioning for something, it's probably not best to do a woman's monologue from a teen movie. I was like, okay, if you insist. If you insist. And that's why I ended my theater career. It wasn't because you wet your pants? (laughs) (laughs) Well, no, but... When I see, oh, I don't, I don't wet myself at Broadway shows, but when I see Broadway shows and I have to like pee during it, I wonder like, how did people in the cast do that? Like in six on Broadway, no bathroom break for them at all. I think you need to get your prostate checked. <laughs> if holding yeah. it is this much of an issue, I'm not even it kidding. Is. Like, No, it is. I don't have diabetes. I already checked that. <laughs> <laughs> at least invest in some depends. I thought you were going to say invent something. <laughs> a cruel invention. Oh, yeah, a cruel invention so I don't piss myself in public. <laughs> okay. But, <laughs> good idea. I'll think about it. So Catherine may have had a point with her plan, though, because Sebastian eats Cecile's box one time, and she is a changed woman. She's, like, offering to give him blowjobs in the shower, asking for back-to-back rounds. And I get it. If Ryan Phillippe took my virginity, too, I would be batshit crazy. And yes, like, I'm happy ultimately she had an awakening, but this scene was a little rapey. 
Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. Wait, wait. I have one question. <laughs> I know I need. I'm going back, but Selma uh, comes off very like naive and stuff. I was very confused by the shirt that she was wearing in the very first scene, the Australian, what was it? It was like a koala or something on her Uh shirt. I don't understand it because literally they're trying to like link up and be able to get her to be able to learn all this stuff and be acclimated in school. And she's wearing like this weird ass Australian (laughs) koala shirt. I don't get it. Her mom would not have allowed that. No. no. Her mom would not have been like, oh, cool, you're wearing that today? That's fine. (laughs) Yeah. And at this point, I watch it with, like, eighth grade eyes. And the same thing with Scream. My sister messaged me about Scream recently, telling me, like, a big thing in the plot. And I was like, I never realized that. Because... I started it and watched it so often that I don't question things anymore. Mm. So you both have a point <laughs> with the rapey scene and with the koala shirt. Because <laughs> I just watch it all and say like, oh, no, nothing needs to be changed. It's a perfect movie. <laughs> so Annette begins to see Sebastian in a new light and they start falling for each other. So much so that when she offers her virginity to him, he turns her down because he feels bad. And this leads to when he goes into the room by himself and he's like, get it together, you pushy. So So I need to talk really quick about Reese and Ryan's lisps in this movie are out of control. And coming from someone with a lisp himself, I really picked up on it. But like that last scene when she's in the bathroom with Sarah Michelle Gellar and she says, see you around campus. Like what? Where were the dialect coaches for this movie? And how do their kids not have speech impediments? I'm not touching this one, Donnie. (laughs) I don't have a lisp, so I can't weigh in on the conversation. I'll let you speak for the lisp people, but I'm not. I will speak for the lisp people. And when I get angry, I'm even more lispy. So, like, if you can even understand me right now, if it doesn't sound like I'm just spitting at your (laughs) phone, it really is very lisp heavy. When he says, Could you be more desperate to read it? That's representation, Donnie. I guess. New people. (laughs) I felt seen. (laughs) So. Sebastian and Annette do have sex. And when Catherine wants to cash in on the bet, Sebastian isn't in the mood. So she makes him feel bad about falling in love and tells him that he's a joke and his reputation will forever be tarnished. So then he breaks up with Annette. And I do have some behind the scenes tea about this scene. The slap that uh, Reese Witherspoon gives Ryan was not scripted. They were dating in real life at the time and they got so involved in the scene that she slapped him. And then when they called cut, Ryan Phillippe was so upset by the acting they had just done that he went behind the set and threw up. <laughs> what? Uh huh. Oscar winner, ladies and gentlemen. That's it. <laughs> I wish that was actually in the scene. <laughs> <laughs> he should have just thrown up as soon as she slapped him. Yeah. I'd watch that. (laughs) It would would really elevate it. (laughs) Catherine confesses that she is the true villain in this movie, and she toasts to her success over Sebastian. He's just a toy she likes to play with, and she won't be having sex with him, because unfortunately for him, she doesn't fuck losers. (laughs) So to really cement her title as Queen Bitch of New York, she calls Ronald to tell him about Sebastian and Cecile's past. So then Ronald and Sebastian fight in the street. Mm -hmm. Sebastian gets hit by a car. (laughs) And then at his funeral, copies of his journal are passed out, and everyone finds out about Catherine's coke problem. (laughs) I need to know what he died of, because it wasn't that car crash. (laughs) The car was going 10 miles an hour and he broke the glass. I don't know how he did. And then he falls on the ground. And I would like to ask this question to both of you. Put yourself in 
Ryan Felipe's shoes. She is on the ground. There is a taxi coming. (laughs) What would you have done? I think I would have saved her. I mean, I'd like to think I would save her, but I mean, no offense to him. He didn't have that much to live for at this point. So it was better him than Absolutely. Her. Like, this is the only ending they could have given us. Like, what other kind of ending would have happened if he lived? In orgy. I don't think his relationship with her was surviving college. Let's put it that way. No. This journal got him an extra, like, week at least. But that's it. Okay, I hate myself for this, and I wish it wasn't true. But if, like, 19-year-old me got that journal filled mm. with, like, concrete proof that the guy I was in love with was a sociopath, I would have taken him back so quickly, (laughs) like devastate me, wreck my life, fuck me up. I would have been like, oh, this is my dream guy. I can change him. (laughs) I'm sorry. I'm rewatching it because I just need to like see for two seconds how this all happens and goes down (laughs) because- call for an autopsy he's like this man did <laughs> okay. not get hit okay 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 no 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 no. this could have easily been prevented so here's the car coming uh-huh. and reese falls out right here uh-huh. Uh-huh. as opposed to pulling her back he runs across and pushes her <laughs> why did he run yeah. in front of the car to push her he could have pulled her Or just pushed her from the side he's standing in, and you're both on either side of the car. Yeah. Well, she was on the ground. So, Chelsea, your plan wouldn't have worked. Well, I don't see you offering suggestions. (laughs) Well, because I don't think Joseph is right either. I think this is the only option. I think if he would have pulled her, (laughs) it would have, like, cut her leg off. A leg's gone (laughs) better than a death. Two alive people. But like you said, he has nothing to live for. <laughs> yep. This gave us that um, bittersweet symphony <laughs> funeral, for God's sake. So thank God he did die. Did you notice that? <laughs> I, I didn't notice this at all. Like, But the whole movie has an underscore. There is not a part of this mm. movie that has dead air. It's literally always background music in the back. I know. It makes me feel so fancy. <laughs> the person that was originally hired to do the score didn't have the full movie scored only select scenes so they fired him and got someone new that was in my trivia as well did they use the original guy's music for no. those scenes no they said fuck you cruel invention <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so before we get to our final thoughts i do want to ask at the start of this movie if i asked you like how do you think this movie's going to end would this have ever been your guess no, no. And actually, when Donnie and I did watch this movie together, I almost missed the ending because he got hit. And like you, Joseph, like, it wasn't like a type of getting hit by a car that I was like, concerned. I was like, oh, he's gonna make it. And so me being myself and an attention whore and being able to find a way to bring any conversation back to me, I took that opportunity to, I think, retell Donnie the story of when I got hit by a car. Because Donnie already knew this. I've already (laughs) shared this story publicly about getting hit by a car. I was like three sentences in and I looked back and I was like, wait, did he die? Are we at his funeral? (laughs) All right. So, wow. On all of that loveliness that we just forced down our (laughs) listeners' ears. Final thoughts. So if we were to bring this movie to present day, who would we want to cast in a remake? Okay, are you ready? I'm I'm ready. ready. I would love for this to be a more elderly movie. And when I say that, I mean, like, I want Jane Fonda, Dolly Parton, like, Uh, Robert De Niro. I want, like, Dustin Hoffman. We got to have Barbara Streisand. Like, I feel like maybe it's, like, 
there's one person in the retirement community or something who just really has this sex bug. Like, I think that it just needs a little bit of an older audience. I, I would love that. I love that. Because yeah. I always think of ways to rewrite this movie. And now I'm just going to edit this out of our podcast and steal yours. Because that's what we're missing. In two years, when the 25th anniversary comes out, Donnie's going to be like, and I have a screenplay that I thought of all by myself. Okay, so my cast is... I think that Reese Witherspoon and Ryan's daughter should be Mm. in it because, duh. And then I did not get around to casting Sebastian, Catherine, or Cecile. However, I did make time to cast Cecile's mom as Leslie Mann. (laughs) And then naturally, Joshua Jackson's character, Pete Davidson. Okay. (laughs) Oh, my gosh. I love that, though. Thank you. Uh, Thank you, Donnie's going to kill me. Pete (laughs) Davidson, I've just, like, found a way to work into every movie now. (laughs) So as Catherine, and this I this really tells you I think she'd be good because I hate this woman. Anna Taylor Joy with the eyes. I <laughs> you know I hate Is her. Is that Queen's Gambit? Yes, fucking Queen's Gambit. I hate her so much. But I do think she'd kill as Catherine. I can see that. Thank you. Um I don't think you know who this is, Chelsea, but as Sebastian Rome Flynn. Does that name mean anything to you? Mm -hmm. He's hot. I'll send you his picture. As Annette Haley Bailey, she's on Grownish, but she's going to be in the live action Little Mermaid. Mm -hmm. She's super (gasps) cute. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Love her. And then as Cecile from Euphoria, Barbie Ferreira, who plays Kat. I think she'd be so great. But I think that Ronald, instead of just pure racism, I think that we should make it like every issue so i cast an older black woman as ronald and that will be laverne cox okay we're gonna really make cecile's mom a monster and then this way no matter what you want to hate her for it's all available she's just hateful (laughs) from top to bottom (laughs) h to t love it all right and then last question what about this film for us aged well and what aged like blockbuster I mean, nothing aged well. Oh, no, no. Ryan Felipe's butt aged well. Oh, well, yeah. <laughs> That's absolutely. Fine. You're right. You're right. <laughs> okay. On that note, Joseph, thank you for coming. Thank I you. do apologize for the he last hour. He will not hour. be back. He's like, no. fool me once, shame on me. Oh, fool me no. twice. I'm not coming back He's again. emailing the dip as we speak, and he's like, do <laughs> not let them email me. Block them. We're going to start this in the community tab. <laughs> <laughs> if you want Joseph to put out a restraining order against us, head to thedip.com. But please let everyone know where they can find you, where they can listen to your new music video, Woo-hoo! all of the things. I'm at Joseph A. Shepard on literally everything. Um, I do my podcast, Exposed Dragged Out with the Dip. We do that every Thursday, and that's with drag queens from RuPaul's Drag Race. And my new single just came out with an amazing 90s-inspired video. Ah. And that just came out. So I'm very excited. Go check that out. It's called Don't Call Me. And yeah. Perfect. Thank you so much. So next week, we will be covering Miss Congeniality with Andrea Lopez. So be sure to watch that movie before next week. And thank you for listening. We will talk to you later. Love Love you like a sister. sister. Bye. Happy birthday, Johnny. How the hell is it still your birthday? Oh, my God. It's Donnie's birthday. Can you believe it? Oh, my God. Donnie. Happy birthday. Thank you 
for giving us a month long appreciation of yourself. What the hell would we do if we did not have this? Oh my God. Donnie, thank you for being such a great co-host on the Big Brother Breakfast Club. Thank you for dedicating your life to giving us some of the most unhinged content we've ever seen on Instagram. And thank you for being an even better friend. Okay. Happy birthday. Well, hello there, friend. It's me, your podcast husband, your mother, your friend, your mortal enemy. You are the Ashley to my Mary Kate, the lisping Lisa to my white ass Wally. You are my true partner in crime, and I am so happy that you basically bullied me into being your friend. At the risk of blowing our cover and going against our personal brand and aesthetic of just being so mean to each other, I do want to tell you that I love you. And I'm so happy to be on this journey with you and to be watching these movies and laughing and talking shit and embarrassing ourselves publicly on a weekly basis. So happy birthday, Donnie. I love you. Oh, this is Chelsea, by the way. Thank you for listening to I Am The Cute One, a nostalgia podcast. If you liked what you heard, be sure to give us a five-star rating and subscribe to our show. You can follow me at Real Donnywood on Instagram and TikTok. And if you want more of my personal brand of chaos, check me out at Ono Chels on Instagram. And for uncut, unedited, and unhinged video and audio footage of current episodes of I Am The Cute One, head to patreon.com slash IamTheCuteOne. And go to IamTheCuteOne.com for the most chaotic merch on the planet. Talk Talk to you later. later. Love you like a sister. Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the Roaring Twenties. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device, or play on PC through Facebook games. Cuties, you know I cannot see a movie without pretending I'm in it, and now it's your turn. Have you ever tried to use the Force when no one's looking, or thought about what superheroes would win in a fight? Then you'll want to stop what you're doing, (laughs) unless you're driving, and visit Sideshow.com. Your eyes do not deceive you. They have a life-size, impeccably detailed replica of the child from Star Wars The Mandalorian. Now, I don't mean to brag, but Sideshow did send me the child. I call him Baby Yoda. I have since learned that is not his name, but he is my son now, so I will be continuing to call him as such. And we have been playing dress up, having photo shoots, and just having a grand old time. But if that one doesn't speak to you, how about a movie-accurate statue of Christopher Reeve as Superman? They got that too. But just wait until you see the incredibly lifelike figures of Robert Downey Jr. as Iron Man. We are thrilled to have Sideshow sponsoring our podcast today. They offer a wide selection of premium figures, statues, and fine art from the worlds of Star Wars, DC, Marvel, Harry Potter, Lord of the Rings, and so much more. These limited edition, handcrafted, officially licensed collectibles 
Bring pop culture's biggest icons to life in your home. And here is the best part. You can get an exclusive $50 off your first order of $200 or more. It's a great opportunity for new customers to dive into the world of high-quality collectibles. Or you can gift it to that super geek in your life. Perhaps that person in your life that you know would cringe when they hear that I've been letting my daughter sleep with my baby Yoda. And again, that I refuse to stop calling it Baby Yoda. Plus, shopping at Sideshow earns you 5% back in Sideshow rewards, meaning for every $100 spent, you get $5 back in rewards that can be used on future purchases. While geeking out is its own reward, your collection goes farther with Sideshow. So, what are you waiting for? Visit Sideshow.com, promo code CUTE1, right now, and get ready to let your geek side show. Oh, that's clever. Sideshow. Like Sideshow.com? I get it. 